What's up, guys, and welcome to the Laced Up Podcast. And would you look at that? Coop is back. You know, we fired him, and uh, there was some some negative response, honestly. Yeah, dude, Rue you shot. owe me big for so getting you back. back. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm controversial. I feel like I'm like the – I feel like I have that, like, Russell Westbrook type of, of hate going on when it comes to uh, get like Coop. But you know what? It feels good to be back, man. It feels good to be back. Yeah. How um, uh, how were you without us? Honestly, was there any like? I don't think I don't think you like want me to answer that question. I don't think you want me to answer that question. I was I was uh, I I missed you guys, but I had fun at the same time. So it's like you know, I, dude, I, I made the pain a little easier. Dude, I could show text messages. This dude was living. Like this dude was living. He's like, oh, this is the greatest vacation of my life. You know, like you see, I, I was really happy for you, man. You see, uh, it seemed like it was well deserved. I think for me, this may be potentially my last or second to last pod before I have to head out of town myself to Italy. And uh, I think Horzemba too. You guys are going on vacation without me. What the heck is this? <laughs> I told you, man. Um, now you told me, but you didn't invite me. You told me, but you didn't invite me. <laughs> You're automatically. What? Where was our invite? All right, that's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> For both, um, honestly, I, I would go to Italy. I would go to Puerto Rico, right? Leangelo Ball is on the scene, and you know, I recently, I'm pretty sure Mike had some interesting words to say about Leangelo. Now, I will say before we jump into that, that apparently the NBA is abuzz with Leangelo Ball talk. People are very surprised by how he's been playing. You know, he uh, always displays his knockdown shooting ability, but they're very surprised by the hustle and the will to make this roster. And what do you have to say to that, Mike? So the exact quote is from a former head coach in the NBA and a current uh, Charlotte Hornets lead assistant coach, Jay Triano, who said that he's a great kid. I love him. He was at the facility practicing every day for two months to play in the summer league. Shows a ton of character. He can shoot it. Great feel. Knack for scoring. So I'll tell you what it is. Um, Leangelo Ball has always been a phenomenal scorer. Last year, he was a little bit more overweight, so he's in significantly better shape. Um, I'm a little skeptical about his abilities for his skills to translate to the NBA fully. But regardless, I think in Charlotte, at the very least, Lamelo is such a, is is probably the greatest in terms of star power, not in terms of talent, but in terms of star power, probably the greatest and most hype superstar that the Charlotte Hornets ever were able to get or draft. I'm sure you guys agree with that. So at that point, you need to do whatever it takes to appease the man and signing his brother and keeping him at the end of the bench. Could be a nice little chess move. I know he's like five or six. No, he's six years away from ever potentially leaving Charlotte. But I think it goes a long way in saying, hey, LaMelo, we're committed to you. We'll do whatever that makes you happy. And I feel like eventually LiAngelo Ball will get signed to the Charlotte Hornets. Although I don't necessarily know if he is worthy of sitting on that bench. So with LiAngelo Ball, um, you know, I don't like to use this excuse, and I don't think it's a great excuse, but um, unfortunately, he's one of those guys to where if he was two to three inches taller, maybe three to four, we could be looking at somebody that's making $20 million per year. 
because his jump shot is that good. Um, when he played basketball in Lithuania, he shot the three ball at 40 plus percent on terrible, on terrible shot selection. And the volume was there. This guy was shooting basically any and everything. So he's got an NBA level jump shot, but that's never been the question. It's how can he affect the game in other ways? And if I'm Leangelo Ball, you know, I want to show NBA coaches that, you know, I'm not just a jump shooter. But at the same time, that might be the only real NBA skill that he has going for him. Now, we know he's going to play with effort. We know he's going to follow every jump shot. Um, we know he can get on the offensive boards. But unfortunately, you know, he doesn't have that size that you covet to be able to play him and feel comfortable playing him on the defensive end. He falls into the mold of somebody like an Anthony Morrow or a Troy Daniels to me. Uh, what are your guys? What are your thoughts on that? I actually really, I actually really like that comparison. And I, I don't necessarily, I can see what you're saying there in terms of the only thing he can do is hit catch and shoot jumpers. There was one play, one play, not during his last game, but the game, uh, the previous game. And I was very surprised. Um, they had Leangelo Ball as the primary pick and roll ball handler. And I was like so confused and he was able to get a layup out of it. And when I saw that, I'm like, okay, good. More of that, you know? That was more a tough layup, but I don't think that's a play you can bank on him making at the next level. Now, the Pelicans did something like that with the J.J. Redick where they would run um, a, a ball screen with Zion Williamson because, you know, J.J. Redick's got that gravity and so does Zion Williamson. So you're going to get a good shot out of a, a, a ball screen with a good shooter and a great finisher. You're going to get a good shot somewhere out of there. So I do like the Charlotte Hornets doing that. I thought that was a, a fun action. Yeah. It's just at the end of the day, I think you and I agree on one thing. It's the fact that Leangelo Ball, I think he's like 70% the way there to proving to teams that, hey, I'm worthy of being on your bench. You know, I don't know if he's going to get meaningful minutes once he if he does make it to the NBA. But if he is able to add one more dimension to his game, just one more, I think that's all he would need to officially convince teams to sign on but i think I that's would, uh, go ahead i'm sorry to cut you off again i would like that dimension to be defense he had a great block on scotty barnes you're talking about i want to see more of the driving i want to see more of leangelo ball showing that he can defend at the next level if he can defend at the next level he can get on the court the, the hornets have a lot of good guards a lot of guys that can, can create shots all leangelo ball has to do is be able to defend at the next level and shoot the basketball and i think there's a role for him in the nba i don't care what anybody says i know you guys might get mad at me you might disagree but i think he could play for the brooklyn nets or the los angeles lakers where he's got an anthony davis playing behind him oh my god <laughs> all right well all right. yo 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 i haven't talked like for three minutes i feel like you have an antsy over here uh <laughs> just kidding Plenty of comments just were like, oh, yeah, Mike finally didn't talk for once. Anyway, um, <laughs> regardless, um, I definitely agree. Leangelo Ball, if he was taller, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, same thing could be said about, like, Isaiah Thomas, who, you know, we could talk about a little more if we want to. But yeah. you know, He's already had a great I mean, career, though, so Apple's yeah, going yeah. I agree with that. But um, anyway, yeah, if he was taller, he would already be in the NBA. I'm sure he would have been a five-star recruit. He would have been right up there, uh, you know, in terms of Lonzo and LaMelo with hype. You know, he just happens to be about, I guess he's listed at 6'5". 
He definitely looks short out there. Um, he, he doesn't look six five to me. Problem, I hope I don't get hate for that. Yeah. But, yeah. The problem is that no, I agree. I, I would probably say he's probably closer to six four. Um, and the thing is that he does not have the speed to guard an NBA twos. Um, you know, high level NBA twos at least. He is a small forward trapped in a shooting guard's body, I would say. But I I mean, I've liked what I've seen for sure. I think it's been just a crazy surprise in a way because I did not expect to see Leangelo playing this way. I didn't expect to see him hustling the way he was, crashing the boards the way he was because it's not like we've had a shortage of, of Leangelo ball like ex, like clips and experience and gameplay up until here. Now, has he gone silent Perhaps this last year, yeah, but we watched him play overseas. We watched him play JBA, all of those. Every time he played, the man was shooting. And like you said, he shot very well consistently with a hand in his face, but that was his game. You know, he always was pulling, just pulling, pulling. It's really refreshing to see him play the way, just play like just great, like solid team basketball, I will say. And I will also say, I mean, taking a look at his stats, you know, he averaged 17.4 minutes a game, uh, 9.6 points. So that's pretty solid in terms of that. But I will say again, I mean, I said this in my own video. I said this in the pod last time. I do not think the Charlotte Hornets like roster for what it was. And this is very rare for it to be that way in summer league. But, you know, summer league has a lot of shoot first guards. It's, it's harder for a guy like Leangelo, I would say, to stand out because he is a guy that in real NBA situations would just be a lot of times just standing there and or, you know, going off off ball action. But he's a spot up shooter. So he's not the, he's not a guy you put the ball in his hands and you say, hey, go get me a basket or hey, go uh, make a play. So I think the fact that he was able to play even this well is surprising and encouraging. Now, I also think... If, I, if I'm the Hornets, this is like to me a no brainer. If just in terms of like you have 15 roster spots, you could also sign him to a two way contract and, you know, have him play G League minutes. I mean, just sign him. Like, yeah, I already you see like the fans love him so much in like uh, in Summer League. Like, literally, people chanting his name, chanting, we want Jello, we want Jello whenever he's on the bench. He. Uh, is the older brother of the franchise player of your team, like Mike said, the guy who, yeah, like we've seen like Baron Davis in the past, but this is the guy that they have the most hope in. This is the guy that they hope is gonna be a top five player in the NBA, potential MVP candidate. This is their guy. Sign his older brother, let this happen. Let's, let's see if, you know, chemistry can continue to develop. And I just think it's a no brainer on top of this because of like I just said, the man is playing team basketball. He has the their coaches are raving about him. They're raving about his work ethic. They're raving about what he brings to practice. I mean, it just I don't see where this hurts you. Yeah, so I watch a lot of summer league, right? I love summer league. I went two years ago, two or three years ago. Um, summer league is kind of my thing, you know. I, I follow every draft pretty closely, and you know, um, I've asked people in and around the NBA about like how they feel about the summer league and. They will tell you it's an absolute jungle out there. Like you said, uh, 
I, I love the summer league for what it is, but I kind of don't like the way it's set up. Um, a lot of teams, you know, they 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 have this uh, they have their summer league team set up so that you know they're young players, they're people on contracts, they're people uh, that they drafted, their high draft picks can play any style of basketball that they want, and it sort of creates like not necessarily this toxic environment, but you know where th this environment where team players necessarily aren't going to get the shine that they deserve or want. I saw a guy yesterday, um, you know. Uh, I think it was actually Jalen Hands. Uh, Jalen Hands crosses over, right? Guy wide open to the left of him. Hands, like, briefly, like, looks at him, turns back. Guy's still wide open. Guy turns around, looks at the coach, <laughs> and Hands oh. shakes the guy, goes and does, like, this nasty layup, and it goes in. And I'm like, do you consider that a positive play in the summer league? Like, what? Like, it's, it, it's, a, it's an absolute mess out there, bro. I feel it, like it, coaches just need to emphasize, I mean, I'm, like... Here's the thing. I bet you anything agents are in these guys' ears telling them, you know, scores get, get paid, scores get contracts. And that might be just straight up true. That might just be the way it is because we also have to remember that not only are NBA scouts looking at this and maybe NBA scouts are looking in a way like, okay, yeah, that guy is, you know, making the right pass. Like, oh, he could fit on our roster. But a team, but, um, you know, overseas teams are looking for, okay, I want an American player that is going to be able to be that number one or two option for us. So scoring definitely is something that all these guys are looking to do. And yeah, it doesn't like, I mean, book night rebounded. Well, I will say for sure after watching, cause I was watching, you know, those first two games, but there were some plays in those first two games where I was like, my man, what's going on? Like, like, I don't even, I don't even know. Yeah, Book Knight looked legit. Kai Jones looked legit. JT Thor has some moments. The Hornets, they have a lot of good young players. And they got a. It's going to be interesting to see how their guard rotation shakes out. Did you uh, see sure. that report? Did you see that report how Michael Jordan called James Book Knight to give him pointers after like a bad summer league game? No. I, I didn't God, see that. God, that must that be one. ridiculous. Yeah, he was like so shook. He's like, Michael Jordan is giving me advice. Like, whoa, you know? Um, I wonder who he. I wonder if Michael Jordan now. is like so famous and powerful that like your phone doesn't even have it, his contact in. But when you know he calls you, it just immediately says Michael Jordan. You're just like, <laughs> I got the call. His, if Michael Jordan played his cards right, he could probably be like the goat at tampering. Like, no joke. Oh my like, god! If, if he knew what he was doing, bro. I think yeah, and which actually is super scary because LeBron is already with clutch sports. I don't we could go into a whole thing with that. Who knows what's happening? But LeBron is setting himself up for sure to be an owner. It looks like. Oh I mean God. he's definitely gonna be rich enough. So what's gonna happen with that? We're gonna have we're gonna have all these kids <laughs> growing up with LeBron James posters, just wanting to be like LeBron and he's way more in the public eye. Like Jordan is just, you know, chill in the back. Like, you know, he occasionally makes a statement and people are like, oh my God, Mike talked. Like, this is crazy. You know, like LeBron is not like that. And LeBron is going to be like, oh yeah. Like, oh my God, whatever, whatever team he goes to, I could easily see becoming a free agent destination. Also, LeBron is like, 
sign is way more of a recruiter than Michael Jordan ever was. You know, like he LeBron's notorious for just trying to recruit everyone to his team. And, you know, that's not the that's not like a knock on him. It's just obviously if you get more stars to join your team, your chances of winning are higher. But that's never been the type of guy Mike uh, Michael Jordan was. And I think as a result, that's why the Charlotte Hornets are where they are and why I'm terrified of the Lakers once LeBron James buys them. <laughs> He's not buying the Lakers, man. <laughs> He'll never see yeah, yeah, right. He's going to be crazy. The NBA is going to give LeBron the pass and be like, here you go. New franchise, Las Vegas. Bang. Oh, that would be hard. There you go. Nah, that would be hard. I am Las in for that. I am in for that. All right. That Vegas, would be Vegas. so sick. <laughs> Vegas would be such a destination. It'd be they'd be a super team within three years of like you know what the expansion draft. I agree, and bro, I really i I want the league to expand so bad. Um, you know, there's cities that deserve teams that don't have them, but more importantly, I feel like talent is at an all time high in the NBA. I feel like every team has like two or three players to get excited about at, at least. You know. So, you know, I think that's saying a lot about where the game is going. Like, if you even go look at the – who was the worst team in the league last season? Even the Rockets. They got, like, five guys you could talk yourself into being a star. So, you yeah. know, I, I love the direction basketball is headed. Uh-huh. Um, 100%. Speaking of the Charlotte Hornets, did you hear about what happened to P.J. Washington? Um, I Yeah, we, we – you know – I know what's, ha what's happening. I just want to know, Mike, you know, this is your area of expertise. Is the number true or is it clickbait? That's what I want to so, know. And I'm not saying so by you. I'm saying is it clickbait by websites? <laughs> because they're the people that are recording it. Um, so here's the thing. There's some the original report was very sketchy to say the least. And it comes from um, I, here. Let me see if I can pull it up. But it, it's called um, it pretty much says that PJ Washington's wife secretly. Oh, here it's from Hoops Bank. PJ Washington is now forced to pay two hundred thousand dollars a month in child support over the next 18 years. Ex-wife secretly filed for divorce two weeks after giving birth to child. So, you know, immediately like this was memed, you know, like people were making fun of this because i guess at face value this man's misfortune is meme worthy i suppose um but there are parts of this story that just simply don't add up one you can't secretly file for divorce you know like that's not how divorce works you know like a wife can't like go behind a husband's back and say okay i'm filing for divorce here and <laughs> <laughs> and then just like file for it without getting the man's signature. So that automatically is like, you could throw that out. Two, there's no record of these two ever being married. You know, they've never, they've had a kid together, but they were never married. And three, both PJ and Brittany Renner, or Renee, I don't know if I'm saying that properly, said that Brittany the value. Renner. It's, it's Brittany Renner. 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 All right. Yeah. Say that the, say that the value is incorrect. Now, here's my issue with this story. And, you know, I don't want to get too... I, this could be borderline controversial, so you guys could stop me. PJ, Brittany Renner was 26 years old 
going to PJ 18 year old PJ Washington's games in Kentucky, you know, watching him play, hyping him up, making him think that he, uh, she was interested in him. And eventually like they get together and have a kid together. And then Brittany, like two weeks later, what I do believe happened is two weeks later, just said, all right, I have my kid. I'm out. If this was a situation that was flipped, you know, if you had a 26 year old guy doing this to an 18 year old woman, I feel like this will, I feel like instead of this being memed and people making fun of PJ Washington, there'd be a completely different approach to this. This is a man that was taken advantage of. You know, I think we got to like put that out there. This was definitely a man that was taken advantage of, especially because there's videos out there. There's literally a video out there of Brittany Renner saying, if you want to get a bag, then go get knocked up by an athlete because none of them use protection and they'll just knock you up and you'll be set for life. There's a, there's actually, I've seen the video. It's out there. So this is definitely like, in my opinion, I think this is very predatory and it's a very tragic story because Coop, you showed me the tweets about what's going on uh, with PJ Washington, just saying he just wants to see his son. It's really sad, man. Like one of the greatest feelings you could have as a man is having a son. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Krizimba, you look like you want to say something. Okay, so I'm just looking at an article right here where they share pregnancy pictures on Instagram. So at one point in time, everything was good. And, you know, this was just back in March 18th. And now we're hearing like, like, did he like, did PJ Washington do anything? Like, why has she not commented on this? Has she said anything? Um, I don't think she said anything since. But there's a lot of stuff. Six million followers. Yeah, bro. She's an author. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. She she wrote a book. Yeah, she wrote a book about her uh, romantic encounters with famous men like Drake and Trey Songs and Lil Uzi Vert and like you know there's like Colin Kaepernick's in there as well. And apparently her relationship with Lil Uzi Vert really messed her up. And as a result, I guess she like hates men. I'm assuming that's my assumption. She didn't say that. Took it out on PJ. I mean, dude, this whole situation literally just seems like a cash grab. It's horrible and it's really unfortunate. And honestly, I think like the NFL does something where they do some sort of like rookie um, financial training so they could ensure that like players don't just blow their money on BS. I think the NBA needs to do something similar. You know, I, I don't know if they do that in the NBA, but I think even if they do do that, they have to say, okay, beware of IG thoughts. They will ruin your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think the NBA actually does do something along those lines. I think Mario Chalmers, I'm going way back right now. I think he got in trouble for like not attending or, or bringing drugs or something like that. Don't quote me on that to uh, the rookie training thing. And I'm actually going to look this up. Yeah, so Mario Chalmers got booted from rookie orientation. The Heat released a statement that said, We were made aware by the NBA that they have sent him home for violating the program's rules. We are investigating it and will have no further comment at this time. Multiple, source, multiple sources cited marijuana being involved, but it was not clear who may have had it or used it or in whose room the incident took place. There is no specific testing at the rookie program, although... 
players who are present are subject to additional testing. So yeah, they have a little program, long story short. Yeah, but like that was before Instagram thoughts were a thing. Mario that Thomas was before was a- I, that was before IG was a thing. Bro, IG can be so toxic. Like IG is I love it. It's a good platform, but you got to be careful on there, bro. Like, dude, it's just, it's so sad that these guys, like, PJ Washington didn't stand a chance. And people are saying you should have known better. No, man. Like, he met the chick when he was 18. Like, he met a, he met an Instagram model with 4 million followers when he was 18. You'd be hyped as hell if you, if that happened to you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but like, what is the NBA supposed to do about that in that situation? First of all, I feel like that's more on, you know, his vets and like guys around him to help out but you know the nba is there to be like okay listen like do not spend your money in the most ridiculous ways they can't tell you who to not date i mean that's like crazy and um but like also like you just said he met her when she was 18 so like the nba is gonna be like oh have you really do you really know your long-term girlfriend though like do you really know her pj like that can't do anything about that well, they got together while they met. She would go to his games when he was 18 and she was 26. I want to I want to repeat that part because like that part is crazy to me. And when they I think they announced that they were together in during the pandemic. Um, I mean, at this point, I think I, I wouldn't say like, hey, you should date this person. You should not date this person more along the lines of, hey, beware this has happened to someone before you know like bring up stories of like people with uh um that have to spend a significant portion of their income on child support for example stuff like that um i mean just an idea this is a sad story for men i mean i get i don't even know man i feel like we don't know enough to even be talking fully about this like literally I'm looking right now and there's like, boom, it's her family firing back, being like posting a an Instagram story of the boy who cried wolf and saying, stop crying wolf boy. So like we have, I feel like we just don't know the full story. I'm not sure if we ever will, because this is a private matter, but however, you know, if she is, if this is all true and she is, you know, keeping him from him, which I will say PJ Washington is, you know, an NBA player who is, you know, putting this out there so it would be kind of strange for him to put something out there like this and be like i just want to see my son i miss my son and for him to be like in the wrong like i don't know he because he's the one telling the world like hey i can't see my son so who knows though this is a this goes far. All right, let's just jump into it. Kate, uh, Kate, I literally just went to call you Kate. Coop. All right, Coop. Do I you mean, have a I mean, you're number one pick. Um, number one. Do you have a strong? Do you have a strong opinion on the Cade Cunningham, Jalen uh, Green showdown slash their performances in summer league in general? Yeah, I mean, I got a very strong opinion. I mean, I'm in Houston right yeah. now too, so yeah, I might not be the guy to ask. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, um, really? Now, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I like I, where this is going. I always got mad love for my Rockets. So, you know, I mean, I was a Rockets fan before I was a Pelicans fan. You know, I started off as like, I actually have a crazy story I'm not going to fully get into. Long story short, I rocked with the Rockets before um, New Orleans got a team. 
because you know i stayed in houston i moved to uh houston when i was really young now with this jalen green k cunningham stuff i'm just going to say jalen green had the better summer league and i wouldn't be shocked i mean jalen green's summer league numbers were actually pretty crazy i wish i had them right in front of me i wouldn't be shocked if jalen green ended up being the better player um, when it comes to Jalen Green, he's got a swag, he's got a demeanor, he's got an explosiveness about his game that you just have to love. Um, and what, what impressed me in the summer league is Jalen Green came out there and my man played defense, you know. I wasn't sure the uh, the level of defender he was going to be at the next level, more so I wasn't sure his commitment to the defensive end at the next level. So seeing him try to step things up in the summer league, you know, I feel, I feel great about that. Um... Now, unfortunately, I love I love the Rockets, but the situation in, in Houston's a little frustrating to me because uh, I, I feel like the Rockets have way too many scores. I really I really think they got to make some moves in order to get the most out of Jalen Green. You know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between him, KPJ, and and uh, Kenya Martin Jr. Then you still got John Wall there. Then you still got Christian Wood there. But have you guys seen? The beef surrounding, and I, I, I know you have, but uh, the, the the little beef, the little jabs that Jalen Green has been showing, has been throwing at Cade Cunningham. You guys have been seeing that, right? It's not just been Cade. I will go further than that. It's been he's been attacking the city of Detroit. He's attacked um, the city of Detroit. He, he has attacked an entire city. It's pretty impressive for a, a rookie. My um, man is a savage. Yeah. He's a so savage, bro. He straight up, straight up said, "Yeah, no, I love it. I love it." First of all. Always love to have big personalities in the NBA, you know, always great to see. And I love when someone comes in and goes like, not only uh, should I have been the number one pick, but I'm going to make Detroit regret not taking me number one. That's amazing. Okay. The only thing I wish with the Jalen Green situation is that Cade Cunningham was a little less chill because he's so chill that like, he's just like letting this all bet. Like he doesn't care. He's just like, you know, he's just a chill guy. And he's like, all right, Jalen Green, say whatever you want. I'm just going to play my game. I wish, like, the two of them were, you know, squaring off. Um, maybe it'll happen, though, in the future. You never know. You that know, maybe that Cade... being said, that being said, I think that Cade has taken it personal. You didn't see that crossover yeah. where... Oh, it was where, nice. It was nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That move was smooth. That that move it was, was nice. smooth. Was what nice. maneuver could but be smoother? Oh! Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a very smooth guy, but all right, well, so, but getting to the Jalen Green thing real quick, um, in terms of attacking the city of Detroit, he, he said that he wished that he wanted to go number one, but that he did not want to get, be taken by Detroit. And then the next line, you kind of think like, he's like pulling back a little. He's like, I just like Houston better. And you're like, okay, you know, but then he continues to compare the city of Detroit, the entire city, to the G League bubble that he was, that was forced crazy. to play in all of last year, saying there is nothing to do in Detroit. All you do is you practice and you train and you go home. That is it. To which a lot of people have been pissed off by. A lot of Detroit people. Now, personally, I have not you know, been into Detroit ever in my life other than driving you know, through it, I think a few times. Um, and, or maybe never, I might've just made that up, but, um, no, I've never driven through Detroit. What am I talking about? I've never been to Detroit. I've heard that there, you know, there was 
some, you know, like the city kind of would like had a, a drop down, but I've also heard and been reading that it's been having a resurgence as a city. So I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys know more about Detroit than me. I don't know that much about Detroit, but I know a lot about Houston. And if he's talking about things to do in Houston, he's going to be disappointed. That's all I'm going to say. We don't have a lot to do here. We're, we're a great city, but in terms of things to do in Houston, there's, there's not a lot. It's like a city you bring your family to settle down and go stay in the suburbs or something. It's not a party Except, city like that. I've heard the wings are pretty good in Houston. The wings? They're all right. New Orleans has better wings. I'll go out. I'll go out I and mean, say that I, right now as a as a wing connoisseur. You know, um, the food is okay. The food is okay. They got some solid Tex Mex, but New Orleans has them beaten food. The food's all right. The food's all right. You know, we got. We're taking Montrose, that out. We're taking we that out. We're taking that out. Cut it out. Cut it, Tom. I meant Atlanta. What? Cut it. I was like, what? I was like, I, I was like, obviously, obviously, he would understand my joke about the magic, magic city. Oh, cut it, cut it, cut it, <laughs> Yo, cut keep it, it, keep it, cut it, cut it, it cut it. it. All right, wings are maybe not the wings, but I've heard the clubs are pretty good. Actually, yeah, the, the strip I've, I've, clubs. I've heard, I've heard maybe um Jimmy Butler was birthed in Houston. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler, like Jordan. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's, that's, that's the rumor. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: if James Harden was content in the city of Houston for like the better part of the last decade, then I'm sure there's significantly more to do in Houston than there is in Detroit. Um, I might be biased. I think the women of Detroit are lo are lovely, um, and uh, I think uh, at least at the very least, you will get a huge tax break from being in Houston. You All know, right. There's no state income tax. You get, the, you get the tax break, but in terms of things to do, Houston's got, like, great strip clubs. James Harden, no secret, was a strip club guy. I don't know if Jalen no Green is going to be on that type of time. Yeah, right? James Harden. <laughs> Look, I, well, <laughs> I would have never guessed. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I so, think it's still goaded. I mean, I'm not a strip club guy. I will say that. I really am not. Um, never, like, but I still think it's either goaded or hilarious or whatever you want to call it that he has literally his jersey retired in one of the strip clubs in Houston. Like, that is so funny. Yeah, um, it really is. So, the second best thing we have to Houston is like a park. And if you're not a space station guy, um, you know, it's not that, it's not that fun. But that being said, H-Town, hold it down, man. We 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 represent out here. And Jalen Green's been representing a lot, so. Maybe that's really t uh, talking about what Detroit, what's going on there. If you're if you're downplaying Houston and he's like, Detroit was so bad. Well, I wanna I wanna talk to, I wanna talk about the actual players for a sec, because here's the thing that I feel like a lot of us are sleeping on. Jalen Green, in my opinion, was going up against like better than summer league competition over the past year with the G League Ignite, he was poised to have a significantly more impressive summer league than Cade Cunningham, which I don't think he was playing like competition up to that level at all. So obviously I expected Cade Cunningham not to look as good, especially when a bulk of his game is based upon his ability to find his teammates. And your teammates aren't necessarily going to be the greatest in um, uh, the summer league either. And to be honest, 
um, his teammates aren't going to be necessarily the greatest on Detroit currently either as well. The Pistons should have a pretty good summer league roster. It should be like their starting lineup pretty much. They had, they did have good. They had Killian, they had Sadiq. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great roster right there. They, had, they, had, a great, they had a great roster. Luka Garza's been cooking. Yeah. My guy's then, been. No, honestly, I would say the Pistons with Kate out there did have one of the better rosters. And also, um, Kate was playing off the ball a lot. I feel like he was. I didn't like that's that. That's one of the things that. Yeah. You didn't like I, that? That was one yeah, of the things I, I, that. I didn't like that. I, didn't, I don't like that in terms of development. Like, in terms of, uh, you know, yeah, like Jalen Green's like, give me the ball and let's, you know, play basketball here. But I liked it in terms of like seeing where he's gonna, how he's gonna be a multi dimensional player in the NBA. Like, I like to see that he immediately was no. going off the ball. No, no, no. No, no not no. at I all. Don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I hate it. I mean, how? What high level, what high level pick do you want potentially playing off the ball? Do you want Luka off the ball? Do you want Harden off the ball? Like, like I, 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 think, I want Cade um, on the ball, and I want to take as many lumps as possible because if he reaches his ceiling, he's not going to be an off the ball player. So I mean, he could. I mean, here's the thing. I he think could. The I mean, he's a point that, forward. I, I, I mean, yeah, but the reason why he was so highly touted coming out of Oklahoma State is because he had the ability to do a little bit of both. So that means he could play off of other players significantly better, and he's not that. In terms of like the way he could beat you, he he's multi dimensional. But him playing like, off of summer league talent is not helping. Yeah, I agree. Game, in I, my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I agree mean, in summer league. I mean, who know, like his his playmaking numbers have not been. We're not there in college, and they're not here. So that's something uh, you definitely want to develop. So yeah, on the ball. I agree. You I don't agree want with him to that. One hundred percent, guy or something. Yeah. So. No, one hundred percent. However, I will say that playing off the ball. I mean, his shot already looks insane. He shot fifty percent. In three games from three on eight point seven attempts from a night, so that is that is great. But no, I agree with what you're saying. You know the Bulls, um, they they what they did with Patrick Williams all summer league. Uh, I mean, well for the three games he played, was they put the ball in his hands at all times and were like run pick and rolls, run uh, catch the ball in the mid post level, catch the ball in the post. They put him in several different um situations on offense patrick williams probably did not run a single pick and roll in the in the nba last year you know like he was not running off the pick and roll that was insane but uh you know they were putting him in spots where he was uncomfortable and trying to get him to succeed because yeah exactly like you said take your lumps and it'll help for development in the future um i do agree that with the pistons that is kind of questionable especially because they were basically sacrificing Cade playing point guard and on the ball way more for Killian Hayes, where you're not banking on Killian Hayes to be anything more than, I mean, he could be an NBA starter level player, sure, but you have literally the number one pick that you're hoping yeah, is going to ideally, be. Ideally, you want Hayes guy. playing off the ball and learning yeah, his agree. role as opposed to Cade Cunningham. So that was interesting. That was and Killian Hayes is six five, with with I'm pretty sure a very long wingspan. If I yeah correct, yeah yeah, yeah he's got he's got great measurables. All right, a six eight wingspan. So yeah, he's fine off the ball. I mean, yeah, I would exactly. I would rather have. I mean, you're that's not what you're going to be running going into the future. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, I liked seeing the off the ball skills that Kate had 
but for the summer league and just for the NBA going forward, if you're going to be starting those two guys, like you don't want going forward, Killian having the ball in his hands way more of the time than your yeah. number one guy. So uh, if we go back a few years, you remember Trey Young and um, his summer league, he started off terrible. Uh, you know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say he was one of the worst players in the summer league. That's just I'm actually accurate. I'm making a we're doing a video on that. We're doing uh, recent NBA players and recent NBA stars that were horrible in the summer league. Yeah, I wanted to do one and of those, too. He's going to be the that's going to be a, a banger. Nice thumbnail thumbnail pick. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. I have that video coming out today. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a no, wait, hold on, wait. I actually got a good list. I mean, you never know with current with the current NBA culture i feel like especially with lists but i do know the list okay wait sorry make your point and then then i'll read the list off just pretty much i i just like he came out he was chucking he learned what worked what didn't and eventually he turned it around he said keep that same energy for those counting me out in the summer league i want my high level picks in the summer league to play like jr smith with like a blindfold you know what i'm saying like shoot as much as you possibly can we trying to develop man that's that's what it's all about yeah especially when you see other guys like we were talking about, other guys on other rosters just gunning. And it's like, these guys are just trying to show off, uh, you know, to play overseas. Like, you're the number one pick. Shoot as much as you want. No one's caring. Like, no one in the Bulls organization was like, oh, Patrick, you know, pass that ball a little more. I mean, like, he, he fed guys. He had some nice passes. But it was just give him the ball as much as possible. Honestly, it was to the point where I think, like, I, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes there. Because it was so clear to that, like, they were giving the ball to Patrick Williams every time in the half court. That, like, Io did not shoot. Like, he just kept giving it to Pat. And then... Pat um, didn't play our fourth game, the Bulls' fourth game, and Io had like 25-plus points or something like that because he actually finally got to shoot the ball. So it was good to see um, um, both do well. But, yeah, I have – all right, so the summer league list, I'm going with the five guys. We've got Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns, Brandon Ingram, first go-around. His second go-around, he came in and just smoked people. Darren Fox and D'Angelo Russell. All those guys had crap I, summer league. I think – and I really don't want to give this to you, but you're my guy. I think Derrick Rose had a pretty mediocre summer league, too. I already did. All right, wait. So you, I already did a list of... Dude, I've already done this video, but oh, so it okay. has him over a million views. That's why I'm doing it again. Yo! Uh, so the original one had LeBron and Steph in there, too, because there was... And Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan got, like, destroyed by some random in summer league. Um, but yeah, and and if you think of Tim Duncan, what was crazy about that was he was coming off his senior year at Wake Forest. It wasn't like Tim Duncan was some 19-year-old kid. Like Tim for Tim Duncan to get destroyed by a random in Summer League is crazy. But it goes to show, like, you could play Summer League a lot of ways. And I just like I agree, like the best way to play it. When you have a young team and guys like Cade, guys like a Patrick Williams, you know, guy, those kind of guys, is you play it for their development and you kind of let the other pieces fall as they may. But you play your your stars in a way where they're going to develop the most because during the NBA season, you're not always going to get that. You're not, I mean, everything's so fast-paced. And I thought it was really cool to see, though, like the second-year guys be able to do things that maybe you know we haven't we weren't able to see them do during the regular season because this all it, like remembering last year I mean, there was no summer league there was no summer league there was the draft there was no summer league and there was like barely any training camp 
And suddenly these guys were playing NBA basketball. Like, and there was not a whole lot of practices going on throughout the season either because the, the schedule was so shortened and condensed that you couldn't really afford to run too many, like, you know, crazy practices because your guys would just get way too tired. So those the fact that that rookie class was even, even able to play as well as they did is, you know, credit to them. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of guys from that class take, you know, mini leaps going into this next season because they finally have a lot of of, you know, just training and development is, you know, going into them. Like, I mean, the fact that quickly, we saw quickly, like he was playing, you know, real minutes for a playoff team in the Knicks. And then we see him in the summer league and the man's just crushing it. Like, I mean, I think we'll see that a lot. Yeah. So Floyd, Mike, I'm going to ask your opinion on this. Um, I'm just a summer league junkie. So, you know, I, I think the summer league is too short. I think it should be longer. How do you feel um, about that flight? On one hand, I would love for it to be longer because, you know, you know, it's timed at the perfect point where we kind of have this like basketball hangover where um, it's like right after the draft and free agency. And like, you know, we're just itching to see these new uh, new rookies play. So I think the timing of it is great. The only issue with it being a little longer is I'd be worried about players potentially getting injured because you also have to bear in mind, and I know you guys are uh, might be thinking, oh my God, this is so soon, but the regular season starts in two months. You know, like it's very close. Training camps start in a month. So it, I would be with that, but I just wouldn't want to risk players getting injured, especially if you paid. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel that. Um, I think it shouldn't be like that much longer, maybe like a week. And a lot of teams that have like lottery picks in the summer league, they normally pull those guys after like the first few games or so. So um, a lot of the guys playing in the summer league probably aren't going to be playing major minutes and they they get a chance to uh, showcase maybe a little more of what they can do. I think it's a great development tool. I love watching basketball like that where guys are going 110 percent all the time it's one of the reasons i love olympic basketball so much nobody really takes plays off you know yeah man i would honestly yeah. the fact that i i couldn't watch the olympics as much as i wanted to this year just because I'm so late I'm waking up at you know whatever um regardless of that uh I, ha I do have a question i agree i i feel like summer league could be longer however i also though do think that if the summer league was longer i really wouldn't be watching those games as much because like the extra games because I think it would just be a lot of, at that point, roster um, tryouts, basically, as opposed to, you know, having the main guys out there, like the the main rookies, the main second year guys. I think that extended games would probably just be, you know, okay, show me what you can do and try to earn that 13th, 14th, 15th roster spot. Um, having said that, how, like, so why, what, who, what is going on with Cam Thomas? Uh, yeah, I think Whoa. like I don't I don't want to discredit him. I like Coop go first before the twenty seventh pick in the draft, and in the summer league he averaged twenty seven points a game. Like, are we looking at a summer league hero, like in the in the you know mold that we've seen before, where you know guys are like just a Josh a Selby, yeah, yeah, like a, exactly well. like a Josh Selby. But this kid, he's what nineteen right now. He is 19 years old and he was the 27th pick and he led the summer league in scoring for, of course, 
the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. So this guy, man. Oh man. Um, he was a bit. He was. He was a bit controversial of a prospect for me because if I'm picking ten to twenty, I don't know if I love him. But you know, he's got that type of talent where in any other draft, if you're picking him there, you'd, you'd love him. And if you're, you could make an argument that you know you could have picked this guy in the top ten in, in, in another draft. But what he's doing right now is an extension of what he did in college. We knew this guy could score the ball. Um, you know, 23 points as a freshman. Not going to say it's unheard of, but a lot of people don't do that. If you go back and you just look at the guys drafted in the top 10, out of the top 15, a lot of these guys probably didn't even average 15 points. Um, I think the NBA is kind of progressing to this point to where, you know, we're not looking as much at production as we are um, as we are looking at what players can do. Patrick Williams didn't have the best college stats at all. This guy went what? Where did he go last year? Four in the NBA yep. draft. He was actually he was going to come back. Uh, he was going to go back to Florida State, and then he was so good. Uh, you know, his buzz just started growing more and more that he was like, "Oh, I'm going to be the number four pick." Yeah, and it. You know, He's still 19, like him, by the way, which is crazy. I got, but a guy like him going for um, in prior years to me is something that I really don't think you would have seen much of. And I followed the draft like almost every year, and I, you know, I, I go deep. I look at all the prospects. So it's it's kind of led to people like Cam Thomas slipping because you know guys aren't looking at production. I mean, Luca Garza going what 58 is a joke to me. Like it still doesn't make any sense how a guy that good can go that late you knew what he was going to be at the next level you knew he was going to have uh the capability to stretch the floor you knew he was going to be a, a great low post scorer um I, I definitely think there's a role for luca guys in the nba but to get back to camp thomas um the guy's been absolutely killing it we knew we could score the ball uh, i look forward to seeing him grow as a playmaker and um if he if he continues to make strides on the defensive end uh the brooklyn nets and if he can translate this to the nba level the brooklyn nets absolutely have themselves a steal um, I'm a little concerned, though, because you know the Nets got Patty Mills. Not sure how the league doesn't veto that shit, but um, it's going to be interesting it's to Patty see his Mills. role. They also that wouldn't Mike concern James, me. James. See, what I like about that for Cam as just, uh, you know, just someone, you know, rooting for any young NBA player to do well is uh, Patty Mills is definitely a great veteran leader. You know, spent several seasons being a vet veteran leader already. If a guy like Cam Thomas comes in and listens to a guy like Patty, I mean, you know, of course he's got KD there. He's got Harden. He's got Kyrie to learn from. But those are the stars. And I think, you know, veteran role players a lot of times end up taking these young guys under their wing a lot more. And so I think that's that actually couldn't end up being, you know, great. I think we could end up seeing like, oh, Cam Thomas, like, oh, bang, like, you know, two years from now because there's not going to be a lot of shots to go around in Brooklyn for a little bit. Um, but, you know, two, three years from now, we could be hearing like Cam Thomas being like, yeah, Patty Mills was there for me right from the get-go, you know, could end up happening. But what I also will say is that because there's not a lot of shots to go around, um, that could end up being perfect for Cam as well. Because, you know, in the summer league, he's there, he has the green light, go ahead, light it up, 27 a game. With the Brooklyn Nets, that's obviously not going to be the case. And, you know, at times, maybe when guys are out, they're going to be like, you know, okay, like, show us what you got here. But other than that, I mean, he has nothing but to work on his defense and his playmaking to earn minutes right now. 
I would say. I mean, I disagree. Um, I so I don't want to be like I hate being the negative guy whenever there's a player being hyped up, but I try to be somewhat realistic. Looking at Cam Thomas's highlights, like at least in his previous game, 11 of his points came from free throws off of just, you know, getting fouled as he was going to the basket. This is a six foot three guard. I that could translate. It's not guaranteed to translate. So if this was a situation where he was coming in and he was making it rain from three and he just had the wettest jump shot from three and it was just falling and falling and falling. I'd be like, okay, you know, this is someone who could potentially be like this year's steal. But the issue is that most of his scoring came off of mid-range jumpers that could eventually like extend to the three-point line and tri uh, trips to the free throw line. Now, I'm not saying that can't translate, but it's not necessarily a situation where I'm looking at him. And, like there was this like one tweet that said that Cam Thomas is like in the same company as like... Um, is like in the top four highest scoring summer league players of all time. The first being Jared Bayless. And then like, I think the second is Damian Lillard. And then the third is Cam Thomas. And like the fourth, I believe it was Steph Curry. I forget. I'm just saying this from memory. Um, I could fact check myself. Um, but I don't think he's going to be that type of player. He might, he could maybe he might develop into a tremendous player, but at least so far, I wouldn't... Oh, here. It was Jared Bayless, number one, 29.8 points per game. Donovan Mitchell, number two, 28 points per game. Uh, Cam Thomas, number three, 27 points per game. And Damian Lillard, number four, 26.5 points per game. I think he's trending towards Jared Bayless territory, if I'm being honest. That's not bad. Jared Bayless was a remarkable role player. And for all you know, I could be wrong. You know, like maybe... Uh, as time progresses forward, he could become something more, but I'm not necessarily buying into the hype because he currently leads. Um, uh, he's currently third in Las Vegas for trips to the line with 9.8. And I just don't know if that could translate to the NBA. Well, um, you have to kind of assume it will since he shot eight a game in college. But to add yeah, on, I'm kind of confused. Also, you said you're you have always I, you can't play uh, pick and choose here. Your whole thing you've said multiple times is when I look at someone's three-point shooting ability potential in the NBA, I look at their free throw shooting. He literally shot 88% in college on yeah, high volume. I'm, yeah, I, I'm not so saying I'm it's not where there. You're coming from. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying based off of what I've seen from him, he hasn't shown me enough for me to say wow what a bonafide steal teams should be kicking themselves for well not yeah no him. one's done that yeah of course <laughs> but like well that's true for anyone but if you're gonna be uh, excited Except about one Trey guy Murphy. I, 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 if you're gonna be excited about one guy i'd be excited about the guy who's been a bucket his entire career then came into the summer league and still a bucket averaging 27 i don't know so it was josh selby yeah. Except Kansas. He had a weird career at Kansas. But yeah, eh, yeah Summer League's a, a weird tool. But um, I just don't like the fit, you know, just because he's a scoring guard. I wish he got he went somewhere else where he could get more opportunities. But I see what you're saying, Korzimba. And there is some upside to going to a good team with a vet presence. But, um, you know, he kind of does remind me of that one guy on the Boston Celtics. And it's, this is not a great example. Um, do you guys know the name of that scoring guard that the Boston Celtics drafted that was supposed Neesmith? to like? 
No, 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 no. Not Neesmith. When, what draft? What Shorter. Draft? James Shorter. Young? No, no James like two or three years ago. Like two or three years ago. Short Peyton guy. Pritchard. Volume scorer. He's still on the roster probably. Let me... He had a lot of hype. Um, lit it up in college. I don't remember what college he went to, though. Carson Edwards? Carson Edwards. Shorter. <laughs> shorter guy. But this could be a situation like Carson Edwards. I think he actually had a very good summer league also. Yeah, Carson Edwards averaged 19.4 game. Yo, that Jared Bayless stat was crazy. I, I looked at it. I was like, surely that has to be not from his rookie season. Like, that has to be his second season. Nope. He averaged almost 30 a game going into his rookie year. That is insane. What the hell? And he was that big of a bust. I remember with Jared Bayless. First of all, I watched Jared Bayless play primetime shootout in Trenton, New Jersey when he was in high school. And he was actually very underwhelming. However, I do remember that he jumped higher on anyone that, I, that I've ever seen on their jump shot. Like the man floated in midair on a jumper. But regardless of that, they all, um, the guys that in his draft class, which I'm pretty sure he was with Derrick Rose, if I'm correct. Uh, Jared Bayless was the 2000, yep, 2008 NBA draft. Yeah, the guys in his draft class, when they were pulled like two or three years later. Uh, and I remember Kevin Love saying this specifically. They all were like, you know, asked, who is the one guy in your draft class that you're surprised isn't succeeding? And like, who do you think is going to play better? Finishing that story off before I realized my camera wasn't recording. Jared Bayless, uh, Kevin Love specifically was saying, you know, he thought he was gonna be uh, like an all-star level talent. It never happened. I would love to, you know, do a deep dive into why it never happened because the man definitely had the physical tools. But hope you guys enjoyed today's uh, video. Make sure to subscribe, turn on post notifications at 40,000 subscribers, giving away PS5, Xbox Series X. Also, remember to go follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave a review if you feel like it. I mean, it would be awesome for us. It'd be much appreciated. Final thoughts, guys, other than me messing up everything, audio, camera, where am I? I don't want my kids going to school with the flight mic. <laughs> man. No, I see why he's mad. No, I can't see why he's mad. Oh, my God. Here we go. Like, imagine your kid going to school and, and, and hating on LeBron James, bro. Despite being a Laker yeah. fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go.